Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. How do you create your own silver linings? How do you shift your perspective and change your life? What does it mean to unlearn something and then form truths for a better life? My friends, my guest today is none other than Humble the Poet. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, he was a former school teacher turned creative What began as reciting spoken word poetry in coffee shops to impress girls evolved into a creative adventure that has spanned the last 10 years plus. He's crossed genres, mediums, and oceans. Now he's a a best-selling author, hip-hop artist, speaker, designer, filmmaker, and creative consultant. He's made a lot of mistakes along the way, as I'm sure you can imagine, and he shares all the lessons that he's learned For all of us looking for a better life, there is a common thread that flows through his work, even if it's just a strand of his beard. He is the best-selling author of Unlearn 101, Simple Truths for a Better Life, and his other book is called Things No One Else Can Teach Us. He is a good friend, many well-known individuals uh, and creatives such as Lily Singh, Lewis Howes, uh, Rich Roll, Aubrey Marcus, you name it. Humble has uh, made an impact on a lot of people's lives. Millions of people around around the globe have watched his his videos, have read his books, uh, have heard him talk as well. So my friends, if you do get something from this conversation, and I'm pretty confident that you will, then please share it around with your friends and family. Let everyone know about this one. Humble is a genuine human being. I had so much fun actually conversing with Humble and getting to unbox parts of his story that he hasn't really shared before, which I thought was pretty cool nonetheless. So uh, all the links for everything that you need are all in the show notes below too. You can go and watch the full video now over on YouTube uh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review over on our podcast goes a huge, 
huge way in spreading awareness uh, for the story box and showing your support as well to Humble and his work and just say thank you for him in saying yes to coming on the show and being um, being interviewed. So anyway, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to unlearn and then learn about the things that no one else can teach us in the story box today as we listen to the incredible story of none other than Humble the Poet. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's so good to have you here, man. We'll just uh, rant, rumbling on about your names <laughs> and yes. how and how people have both incorrectly or pronounced our names wrong, which is uh, which is good. But uh, it's great to have you here, man. I've wanted to speak to you for quite some time, actually. So I appreciate you making the time today. Before we we get into, I guess, your backstory and uh, your influence on the world. I have one question I love asking all my guests at the very, very start, which is what does success look like for you? Um, for me, success looks like um, living life under my uh, own conditions, on my own conditions, um, and conquering, conquering obstacles both internally and externally. Mm. And... Uh, you know, and I think the the simplified version of that would be, you know, physical health, mental health, uh, financial health, and uh, social health. Mm. So, what do you do on a daily basis to align yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually? Um, you go for a lot of walks. <laughs> it's probably all, all three of those in one. I go for a lot of walks and uh, I no longer have headphones in. So I'm walking, just absorbing whatever's happening at the same time, clearing out my mental inbox, you know, thinking the thoughts that I've been avoiding thinking and mm. I'm speaking to myself out loud and, uh, and at the same time just moving, you know, movement is medicine and just moving as much as I can. So tell me about your spiritual practice as well, because I feel like that is a big part of one's person's life, especially when it comes to, I guess, knowing who you are and, and living a fulfilled life. So can you share your spiritual practices? Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a really cool guy. Um, I met him on Clubhouse named Omar Atma, and he defines spirituality so wonderfully. He says, it's the art of dealing with suffering. So I think, you know, prior to that definition, if you ask me my spiritual practice, I don't have a spiritual practice. I don't, you know, that's not my, that's not in my wheelhouse. Um, but definitely we all have a spiritual practice because we're all dealing with our suffering in various ways with whatever tools we have and context and experience that we have. Um, so for me, the big one is the Jay-Z quote, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Um, really trying to deepen my observations of myself, pick up on my patterns, um, observe myself without judgment, mm. um, feel the feels, um, recognize when I'm avoiding feeling, noticing the difference between my reactions and my responses, um, expressing so journal writing, art creating, self-conversations, uh, dancing, just you know, moving, um, having great conversations, you know, uh, and, and recognizing now a big one has just been recognizing how often I'm chasing delicious things 
that are delicious for my ego and how often I'm chasing nutritious things, which are, which are wonderful for my soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, recognizing that they can take me in two different directions and uh, being okay with both as long as I'm aware of what I'm doing. Mm. Now, having said all that, it's kind of easier for someone that has been on a journey and has worked on removing suffering from their life. But for someone that is actually stuck in their pain and in their suffering right now, how would you help them get out of the suffering? Read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. You yes. know, one of, one of the most important pieces of, of, of literature ever created. Mm. Um, probably one of the most beautiful things to come out of the Holocaust. That sentence makes sense. Mm. Um, wrecking, you know, his, his big idea is the meaning of life is in the moment. So you're asking, what does life, what is life asking of me right now? Is life asking me of me, you know, to be intellectual, to be emotional, to say no, to say yes, to cry it out, to hold it in. You know, every single moment that changes, but that question has to be asked over and over again. He's got the resume, <laughs> you know, he's a, you know, a, a psychotherapist who survived, who was analyzing himself and everybody else while he was, you know, facing certain death in the Holocaust in, in one of the camps. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the formation of logotherapy, I think definitely, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the Nietzsche quote to live is to suffer, to survive, is to find meaning in suffering. So most definitely, I think that would be a first step. Um, and also abandon the promise that life exists without suffering. You know, that's not, you know, that's a promise made to us by popular religions, popular media, you know, Disney films, whatever. It's just, this is not what it is. There are so many forms of, of, of suffering. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's not only inevitable, but also necessary. It's what pushes us forward um, as a species and as individuals. It's also trying to change your perspective on why we suffer in the first place, because Mm -hmm. in the moment it is painful, it does hurt, and we do quite quickly get stuck because that is the nature of a human being when we are faced with an uncontrollable issue in our life. And the only thing that we can really control in that moment is how we respond to it. So I think being able to... uh, change our own mindset towards why we suffer in the first place and change it to okay what can i learn from this instead of why am i suffering and look at okay suffering is ultimately for my benefit not for my detriment and then that is going to help me grow and ultimately be help me to become the person that i am meant to be so yeah well instead of saying what is happening to me ask what is happening for me mm. That's the way I look at it. And I mean, if you read, for those people that haven't read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about how men can live without sex, without fame, without all this sort of material possessions. But the one thing that a person cannot live without is meaning in their life. And I feel like we're all on this struggle to find meaning, especially when it comes down to, to suffering in the first place. And it's like one of, the, one of life's most biggest questions, isn't it? Yeah, and it, and it gives the suffering purpose. It's the Albert Camus, you know, idea of Sisyphus pushing the rock up there, saying, "Hey, imagine he's having fun," and uh, you know, 
even Jordan Peterson's uh, maps, I mean, you know, it, it all falls back down to absorb as much responsibility and burden as possible. And that's only possible when you have just meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are things that happen to us anyways. These aren't things that we have to search out for. You know, people have children. All of a sudden, you're sleep deprived. You're financially deprived. All of these sacrifices end up being made, but us, they don't feel like sacrifices anymore. They would have, you know, years before it felt like the worst things ever. You know, I just got myself a puppy. It's the same idea, you know, having my sleep interrupted, having my schedule interrupted, having to take into consideration another creature every time I want to leave the house. Um, it doesn't feel like a burden, but if you put that on paper, it sounds like one, but it doesn't feel like one because there's meaning and purpose and value behind it. And if anything, it, you know, it, it, as you said, it, it, it re, it just changes the angle ever so subtly towards the way you're looking at things. And it doesn't feel as bad, even though the burden is still the same. Mm. And, uh, you know, accountability, responsibility. And these are all the things that we are, are doing our best to avoid in life. You know, these are all the, all the most successful pro- products in the world are convenient, easy you know, cheap, you know, they're not, and not realizing that all of these are turning into weapons against us because they're easy, convenient, and cheap. It's fast food. Mm-hmm. And we need to go, we need to go towards the, the difficult, the challenging, because when we, when we do those things, voluntarily, especially, uh, the amount of self-respect and self-worth that comes from that uh, empathy, that comes from that is, 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 you know, second to none. And, and the peace that comes from that uh, reduces the amount of pleasure that we chase. Mm. And we don't get caught in this cycle. And uh, I know for me personally too, just the transition from a struggling creative to somebody who found success. Um, even if success was simply, I'm, able to live within certain means and I don't have to, I don't feel like my back's up against the wall to, 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 to pay for the next couple of months or even the next year or two. Seeing how instantly I started to shrivel as a person, you know, uh, the world wasn't demanding anything of me. I could kind of ride out into the sunset. Everything was taken care of and I would just atrophy, you know, life became going life it was like going to the gym and lifting weights that were way too light and wondering where's the progress and it's like there's got to be stress there's got to be friction there's got to be burden um, and the only difference is when you get a level of quote-unquote success is that you just have to choose them now you know it's not that they're going to be placed upon you um like all of our greatest moments is when challenges and bullshit finds us and we have to step up to it then it gets to a point where we have to seek the stuff out seek the discomfort seek the stuff that we're afraid of seek those awkward conversations we never wanted to have you know uh and and, and continue doing this and this is an ongoing process for the rest of our lives mm. it doesn't stop until we die exactly and even then you kind of think well our legacy that we leave behind people can can see that and remember what we went through and hopefully and this is my 
I hope it, at least that people look at my life and they see what I went through, all the suffering and how I was able to overcome it. And that can give people a little bit more hope and, and peace and comfort in a way to move towards yeah. the uncomfortable. Like and that in itself is contributing to us as a species, yeah. you know, it's each one to each one and it's passing this down. And that's what we've been doing, you know, for tens of thousands of years, mm. whether we, we, we painted it on a cave or wrote it down on paper or acted it out in a play, you know, it's passing that down and, you know, you're a piece of that puzzle, you know, just as I am. And, uh, you know, whether people remember it or not, you know, those, they will still build upon what, what, what you've been building upon, um, you know, from the people that gave it to you before. What's been a, a difficult thing that you sort of had to confront recently in your own life, Humble? Um, probably make, you know, realizing that my bucket list was my list of fears. My bucket list wasn't, Oh, go to Japan, <laughs> you know, or see the Eiffel tower. Like that's not a bucket list. Mm. You know, the bucket list was, you know, walk away from a relationship that's no longer taking you where you need to go, even if it doesn't make sense, but feels right. Or, uh, you know, Identify all the ways that you're a difficult human to be around and, 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 and with, with, with courage, express that to people who meet you mm-hmm. so they don't have to discover it. Um, bet on yourself, you know, bet on yourself and don't get, you know, don't, don't get caught in this world of, uh, you know, dependence on these large corporate entities that, you know, no matter how much money they give you, you know, you're still getting the smallest slice of the pie mm. and recognize that. And that means not taking their money, taking some of your own stuff and betting on yourself and investing in yourself. Um, and the only way you'll ever feel that you're not slighted, you know, it's not about the dollar sign. It's about feeling like things were fair and equitable, mm. you know, um, living beyond myself, realizing that I had a lot of wonderful, healthy friendships, relationships with my friends and family, but none of them needed me for anything. Uh, realizing that nobody, I was accountable to nobody and, and the, the danger that comes with that. Um, yeah, and these are, these are some of the challenges I've been facing. Um, and then, I mean, just, just learning the nature of, the nature of people, the nature of that, you know, being who I am or what I've become by default, the, the, the roller coaster ride of being somebody with a large following, you know, that, that comes with some great privileges, perks and fun stuff. And it also exposes you to a lot of hurt people, um, and hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been in crosshairs. No, I've, I've been uh, in many, in, in so many different ways. You know, you realize, you know, growing up, your bodyguard was being vigilant and hanging out in groups of people. And now your bodyguard is a lawyer on retainer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, you know, different levels, different devils. And I think that's a really interesting one as we get excited to level up. It's just like, there's, there's new 
just like a video game. There's new challenges in those different levels. It's not just the fun stuff. Because mm. the fun stuff's the only stuff that makes it on Instagram. You know, you know, you don't share the, you know, the the darkness that you encounter with some people. Um, as well as how easily and quickly you can lose perspective. You know, I'm the son of a cab driver, but you know, now I'm a, I'm a full-time creative who gets to make slow art. Mm. You know, I'm not a YouTuber who has to put up stuff every week. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who can write a book and take three years to do it. And that's a massive, the conditions are a massive privilege, but the job is, 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 a, is an obligation. You know, art, as the pandemic has already shown, art is an essential service. Yeah. You know, when we were all locked in our houses, we turned to art. You know, so trying to balance the fact that this is important, but at the same time, I don't got to get on public transit if I don't want to. I don't have to show up to work and face people every day and put myself at risk, especially during the pandemic. So I need to be mindful of what opinions I put out there with regards to this. Um, you know, with regards to how it's being handled, with regards to what the people in charge are doing. So really trying to figure all of that out, and, and as well as the responsibilities that come with having a big following in terms of everybody wants every problem to be your problem. you got to care about the whales. you got to care about Palestine. you got to care about what's happening in countries that you didn't even know were having conflicts until somebody attacks you for not speaking up on it. Yeah. So, you know, and then being the soundboard for other friends who are dealing with that as well, because at least I have a history in social justice and activism. So I'm on top of things and now becoming the person that people are turning to to gain a better sense of what's happening with Black Lives Matter, what's happening in Palestine, what's happening with the farmers in India, what's happening in Myanmar, what's happening, you know, uh, you know, in, in various other places in Canada and in the States and, and, and whatever challenges people are facing because social media is highlighting all of them now, which is a good thing. It's a double-edged sword when it comes to the pressure that that puts on people. So there's just quite a bit of, there's quite a bit of challenges faced that way. And a lot of it's very mentally taxing and not realizing that our brain burns so many calories. So we can be exhausted without even moving. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> having, you know, being self-employed and having that empathy for myself and being like, yo, today we're just watching TV. We're not dealing with any of this shit. We're just gonna watch the same favorite TV show over and over again. Or we're just gonna go for a long ass walk. Or we're gonna meet some friends in the park. And we're not we're not gonna play the productivity game today. And that's okay. You know, so that that's kind of where I've been at for the last couple of months. There's a lot of different avenues that I or paths more or less that I could have taken with that response, but the the main one that I still want to give people context on is that when you initially started, did you face a lot of rejection and did you have doubt as well that came along with that? Did you ever think that you would be in the position that you are in today with the voice that you do have? I, I don't want to look at rejection as binary. Like you get rejected. Now nobody wants, nobody, now nobody rejects you. Mm. I think there's a con since the first day I began, I was exposed to the totem pole, you know, where people literally without saying to you, were like, here's the totem pole. Here's where you are. Now go fuck off. Right. And yeah, things get better and you climb the totem pole, but that, that doesn't matter because 
is still a totem pole nonetheless. And every so often, you know, even, you know, even this week, I've had those experiences where someone reminds you in an inadvertent way that you're not as important to them as either other people or other things uh, because there's something in it, something greater in it for somebody else. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, and, and I will forever experience that, you know, I will, you know, a great example is I was in a room full of, you know, some successful YouTubers and then they were talking about how like he was dating a girl and he lost her to an NBA player, you know, like this, this is going to be levels to just whatever. And, you know, I could be on a show, a radio show or a big TV show and then get bumped when a, when a bigger public figure who can bring a bigger audience all of a sudden gets put in. Like that, that total pull is the issue. Mm. And I think for most people, when, when they go through that, they, they feel like the, the solution is to keep climbing, keep climbing and you'll hit the top and then eventually you'll be Drake. And then no one will say, you know, but that's not how it works. You know, there will always be someone that can come in and just make you remind you of that total, pool. you know, being on top will not, you know, and then once you're on whatever proverbial top, you're still going to be stressed to keep it there. So if anything, when I first started, there was much more freedom because of that. I was obscure. There was nobody paying attention and all you wanted was people to pay attention. But you know, with the attention comes, uh, the criticism and, and them going through your shit with a fine tooth comb and, how that eventually puts itself into your head. You know, we're all, you don't even have to be a public figure to experience that. The average person, you post a picture on Instagram, you count your likes, not even a comment. You just count the likes. You're like, oh, this picture of me and my dog got eight, eight likes and this picture of me in a bikini got 13 likes and this picture of me, you know, just sitting on a chair got four likes. The world is telling me to wear more bikinis. You know, that's the same, it's the same idea. It's just the stuff just gets in your head. Um, so for me, you know, it's less about the rejection and it's more about trying to reduce my relationship with the opinions of others, you know, and being like, look, you're at a point now where you can create for the sake of creating, you know, creating to you, to me should be the same level of joy as walking me. So riding my bike or spending time with my friends, this can be therapeutic and you know, with a paycheck attached, you know, versus, you know, playing the game of creativity on demand, getting out as much as possible, doing whatever you can to get people's attention because the algorithm isn't in your favor anymore. And, you know, now, you know, none of that will ever create an authentic connection. All of that is encouraging you to be whatever you need to be to win. And now you're playing catch up forever. You know, whereas I feel like just a constant reminder is like, be yourself. People will always reject you for being yourself. That is not, you cannot take that personal. You know, that's like applying for jobs. You don't take it personal if they don't hire you. That's the nature of this process. Don't take it personal if the girl you asked for a number doesn't want to give it to you. Like, that's the nature of this process. And I, I'm trying my best to look at my career the same way. It's the nature of this process. You know, they, a, fr a friend said it to me about auditions. Like sometimes you're an inch too short. That's all it is. Like they already have a vision in their head. You walk in the room, you don't fit the vision. There's nothing to do with it. Mm. So I, I look at it that way. Even when I, when I encounter this totem pole mm. and, you know, we're always striving to, to go above and beyond what we already have. So, um, 
the, the, it, it, it's just recognizing the insatiable, how insatiable the, the ego is and how, you know, you can feed it forever and it just wants more and more and more. Mm. I think where most people are actually on this journey, like on the totem pole, they're trying to climb it because it's satisfaction, quick satisfaction. And that satisfaction appeals to the ego so much so that it keeps telling you to keep climbing, climbing. You're, gonna, you're eventually going to make it. Just don't give up. Don't give up. And I think that's the culture the social media has sort of created as well. Like we see a person that posts something like, you know, they've got a great body or it looks like they've got a great life from the outside, like, but then we don't know what's going on really on the inside. And mm -hmm. I think I look at people that have millions of followers and honestly, like, and, and doing this, what I've learned is we're all people. We all have struggles. We all have quirks. We all uh, are just trying to live the very best life that we possibly can. And social media, as I think you're right, has sort of enhanced in in a, in a couple of good ways, but it's also enhanced the negative in more in more ways. Uh, that it kind of outweighs the positive, in my opinion. And I think we've just got to be very careful. Like, if you don't like what this person is doing, don't follow them. And just don't, kindness speaks volumes. Like, yeah, honestly, man. But that's why I'm, I'm super appreciative. Like, you don't give up. You keep going despite and being authentically you despite all the backlash that you may get. And I think that's um, something to admire and, and follow. Yeah, and I think it's also just this phenomenon of social media is so young. It's so young and what is it, it's done. It's, it's really just tapped into a part of us from our tribal days. And it's just, you know, inflated it 1000 X, you know, where, you know, we still have these remnants of like the disapproval of people, people not liking us feels like death because at one point it was at one point we were ostracized. If, if we, if we didn't play our role in, in those small communities of 50 to hundred people we were a part of. Now we're in this internet community, which is endless, but the one or two, one or two people say something negative to you, it, 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 it triggers those same feelings. Yep. And, um, you know, it has to be a constant reminder that the internet is not a community. Mm. It's literally just a collection of people. They, their opinions don't matter. You know, their, their, uh, their motives for expressing their opinion are very often something very different than to even hurt you it's to get noticed it's graffiti, mm. you know, it's an attention economy. What can I do to get noticed? And, you know, and the game is rigged because this is, you know, this is all programmed algorithms and, you know, even your follower account is still based off when you join and what their culture was back then, you know, it's not, what I was able to accomplish on an Instagram, for example, you know, it's not going to be as easy to accomplish that now, mm. you know, it's a different time. It's a different setup. Instagram has different priorities. They're, you know, they're making, they're rewarding different types of behaviors and they'll change it tomorrow again, whatever, for whatever the business model is. And we have to be mindful of this stuff instead of thinking, Oh, I don't have a lot of followers. People must hate me or they don't like this. They don't like that. And all of, none of this is making us connect. None of this is, is encouraging us to be our authentic selves. None of this is encouraging us to be seen. None of this is providing an opportunity to communicate 
that we see others and let them know that we, we accept them as they are, which is the flawed human being they're supposed to be, just like us. You know, instead it's like, here, take a picture of yourself and we'll fix your face for you yeah. before you even snap the photo. Because, you know, we want you to look as smooth and as symmetrical as possible because that's the scientific definition of beauty. You know, look like a baby. <laughs> and, you know, they know what they're doing. <laughs> You know, the, the ones who create this stuff. And uh, let's just be, you know, as you said, you said, you know, the, the cons outweigh the pros. I mean, it, it would be an interesting argument to see even ask if there are any pros left. Yeah. And uh, just be aware of it. I think just for everybody, just be aware. Of it. it started It started as something, I think it had the right intentions. You wanted to know what was happening. And your second cousin had a birthday and you wanted to see the pictures and it was cool. But now it's everybody... Many people on these platforms are living for display purposes only. Businesses have been set up around this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not going away. And we all have to be mindful of it. And the only way not to lose the game is to not play it. Yeah. I think you're right in, in many areas there. And I think as well, like with any new thing, everyone just gets all hyped at it. And they think, oh, social media was going to connect the world. Uh, but then if you really look at it now and where it's sort of taken us, it's kind of disconnected us. And then now we're living in cancel culture. I mean, whoever thought that cancel culture would ever exist, but it's like we are canceling out people and, and, and young people, especially like if they don't get that fix on social media or if they get silenced or whatever it is, then they, they just crawl back into this state of, um, depression, anxiety, like no one loves me and, and they feel like they're not worth anything. I mean, that's, that's so wrong. And it's like, who, whoever thought that someone's voice would be silenced because of social media, like you automatically, your voice doesn't count for anything now because social media tells you it doesn't. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Yeah. I, I wonder, I don't know. I feel like I see hints of it becoming self-correcting. Yeah, You know, I think everybody who is too scared to be their authentic selves and put out authentic ideas, you know, uh, because they're afraid of whatever it means to be canceled, Mm. um, you know, eventually somebody who's not afraid, their stuff is going to pop. Shit, we saw that with Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Like it's... You know, the, the, the thoughts and the ideas just cut straight through because everything was so vanilla and tame for so long. And then this visceral stuff just hits you in your gut. And whether you like it or not, it hits you. Um, I think that's going to be the same for art. It's going to be the same for business. It's going to be the, the ones that are not super concerned with, you know, the wrath of the internet bullies. Um, it's going to self-correct in that, in that context. Um, as well as I think we're, we're also going to be moving into a world of uh, synonymous accountability where we can now be who we want to be. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not synonymous, but Humble the Poet is, isn't my legal name, but Humble the Poet has a reputation and credibility that has to be maintained. I can't, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a random anymore. And I feel like as we move on to the future, more and more people will have these, you know, there'll be value in your social, your social being, who you are. 
Um, and then we'll actually see just actual, an actual cancel culture and not just five people saying mean things and hurting our feelings. You know, we'll see who actually is canceled and they can no longer create or put things out. Because I, I have many friends who have been quote unquote canceled on Twitter, but nothing actually happened other than them having a couple of bad days. Mm. Steering the conversation to something a little bit more lighthearted and positive. Because <laughs> I feel like we're, we're doing... We're giving people hope at the same time, but they were also speaking about difficult issues to actually speak about. But who, who in your life, Humble, has made the greatest impact for you, whether it's financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think to be one individual. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that everybody is, is my teacher mm -hmm. and... You know, I've, I've had so many magical moments with different individuals who have just said the right words that have just subtly changed the trajectory of my life and my, my mindset and, and everything. Um, and I think that's more about priming myself to be able to absorb what they have to say and learn from it, which means focusing on understanding more than judging. So, you know, everything from my siblings to ex-girlfriends to, you know, entrepreneurial mentors to, to my childhood friends to interviews I watch on YouTube. You know, I just try to absorb as much as I can. Um, so I, I don't think I can identify a single source. Um, I think I'm trying to prime myself to, 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 to learn from everybody. Um, you know, I could probably say humanity, you know, past, present, and potentially future. But, um, you know, I, 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 I benefited from putting my work out on these new platforms when they were new. Um, so there really wasn't a lot of space for mentorship because I was, you know, one of the early adopters of a lot of stuff and still am. So there's little mentorship, uh, formal mental mentorship, but I'm trying to learn from everybody. Everybody's a rock star at something. And if I discover what they're a rock star, I, I want to hear all about it. What are you excited about? that's coming up next for you? Um, my next book, I have my first, you know, the shitty draft pretty much <laughs> done. Um, so, you know, that's, that's in the go back and read it to see, just to make sure the sentences make sense. If I'm on that page right now. I hate that part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing, <laughs> it is, it is, it's, you know, it's, it's right with empathy and compassion and let you, you know, just, give yourself space to vomit it all out. And now it's like edit like a, like, like a freaking dictator. Yeah. And, 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 you know, kill, you know, the, the, the artistic idea of kill, killing babies, you know, doesn't matter how much you love that thing. If it's redundant, get rid of, it. you know, that's the process of hacking away at the unessentials, no matter how much you love it. So I'm in that phase of it all right now. Um, I'm still discovering what the best groove is. You know, I want to, not be in front of my computer screen to do it, but I was like, okay, well, if I print this all out, do I use a red pen? And then I got to go back to the computer and fix this stuff anyway, like it's back in the 80s now. So I'm still figuring that out. Uh, I have an assistant who's currently reading the book and her only job is to make sure it makes sense. Mm. You know, just every so often I might say, I couldn't do this when I meant to say I could do this or vice versa, you know, while you're just typing. Mm. Um, so I'm there. And then I don't have a 
state for the book. It could be as early as this November or as late as next November. Um, no no point I, in putting I, pressure. Huh? No point in putting pressure on yourself to get it out. Just make sure that it's good enough for you. Yeah, you know, it's it, it'll definitely be. Um, it's it's already on uh, on on part of me the the best piece of art I've created. I, I committed myself to doing that. That was the only reason I wrote this book. Um, so it, it it will be there. Um, obviously, once it's done and it's just going through the very slow process of getting printed, you know, there's all, you take off the artist hat and now you put on the marketer hat and now it's trying to get in, get in on all these cool podcasts and meet all these cool people and get the book out and go to signings and do all that, which is a whole other job in itself. It can be fun. And then you, three months go by, you're like, I haven't done one creative thing since I've been doing all this shit. So it's a, it's trying, I'm, I'm still learning the cycle. It can be a cycle, a cycle of create, then release. That release in itself could be six months to a year, depending on how well the book does. So I'm excited for that because the book is out. Uh, I mean, the hardest part of the book, getting started and getting into a decent spot, is, you know, I have to write 80,000 words and I'm at probably 120. So there's a lot there. Damn. And I can start hacking away. Um, and yeah, doing some doing some collaborations um, with some other interesting people, you know, everything from uh, a COVID relief song for India to working with a... Uh, popular clothing company and, and, and doing a collaboration to, you know, now that the world's opening up, going back to doing speaking gigs, you know, I really have fun doing those. Um, and then just as well as learning new things, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been boxing the last year, having fun doing that, you know, being really shitty at it and slowly getting a little bit better, um, as well as, uh, you know, being a dog dad, that's just something I'm excited to getting better and better at. So yeah, it's been cool. That's awesome, man. Like I, what I did with my first book is that I printed it off. So I had a physical copy and I went through it like a fine tooth comb because what I noticed for me is when I look at a computer screen, most of the time I'll miss something, even if I've printed it out uh, and I, like I'll read over the, the printed copy, right? And then it'll be different to me actually reading it from the computer screen. I'll notice, hey, I missed that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll make sure that I've got it 100% on the physical copy, then go back to the the digital copy and then compare the two. So I feel like that for me was a, a much better option. And I, I kind of absorb it a lot more too. And yeah. I, know, I know the pain of when you, there's the vomit draft and you think, oh, this is crap. I'm not going to get anything anywhere with this <laughs> but that's the that's the beauty of uh, being creative i think is just finding your way there and eighty thousand words is a lot and now you're 120 mm. I've, been like? since, I've been writing since last july mate what's that like uh 500 something pages i don't even know i have no <laughs> idea i what i do is I, i'm paranoid so I, I start a new file every month so there's a, you know, there's just called July chapters, August chapters, but that's how I have it. So I don't even have them all in the file. That's exciting. I have no idea how many pages it is, yeah. Well done. Well, I can't wait to actually get my hands on a copy of your new book and when it does eventually come out and, and see everything else that you're working on. Two final questions for you, man, if you don't mind. Uh, what would you say has been the 
No, I won't ask that question. I think Jay Shetty kind of exhausted that question uh, for me. <laughs> but um, let me ask you this one. What is the weirdest food combination you've ever tried? Weirdest food combination I've ever tried? Yeah. <sighs> Shit. Um, I don't have an interesting answer. I'm, I'm a recent, like as of last summer, I was a vegetarian most of my life until last summer. Um, so now I do kind of have a, a, a meat, a meatitarian bucket list uh, and I'm down to try everything. But I mean, I haven't even gone through, I haven't even like literally, cause I'm trying to eat healthy still. So I haven't even gone through like the basics yet. Like I think I might've had lamb chops once, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, so it's like the weirdest food combination. I'm not sure I've had anything anything crazy I, I eat very simply i have a very simple palate I, I eat like a five-year-old kid you know before i was before meat i was eating cheese pizza and french fries and um weirdest combination i can't even say yeah i don't fried ice cream <laughs> i don't know it's probably it. fried ice cream is pretty damn good i'll have to be honest with you there yeah it's really good i just thought you know the science of it didn't make sense in my head when i heard it me, me either. Like yeah. the first time I heard of fried ice cream, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you can fry ice cream? How does it still remain cold with when you, anyway, like. Yeah. And I also don't understand the appeal of Vegemite. Me either. And I'm an Aussie. Like it, it doesn't, <laughs> I don't get it. it. I hate the taste. And it's yeah. probably going against like my culture, but yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it sucks. Like. Even even for me, man, like when, when I used to have it as a kid, I used to like gag. And then now, like if I was to have it, I would just smother it with like butter and like just so the butter can outbeat out the taste of the Vegemite because it's so bitter. Well, why do people eat it anyways? Like why is it even a thing? Your question is as good as mine, man. Like <laughs> I have no clue. I think it's like this ingrained cultural thing that Australians have got to like Vegemite, otherwise you're not Australian. But yet okay. we kill kangaroos and we eat kangaroos, which is a national symbol on a coin and on, yeah. on a coat of, coat of arms as well. I'm like, but we eat it. <laughs> anyway, that's just, that's just my thoughts on, on the matter. So it's, it's a weird thing, like Vegemite, anyway. Yeah. What, what is my opinion? Yeah, so I, I haven't done anything super weird yet. I'm just trying to think. Like, we might have gone to a restaurant that has some funky stuff on on the menu, but I, I'm not a I'm not a super risque eater, and I haven't done anything funky yet. Does Canada have any weird sort of menu items that are like ingrained within the culture apart from maple syrup? That's not weird. Poutine. What's that? French fries with gravy and cheese curds. See that for me is glorious. <laughs> you know what it is glorious it is it is undoubtedly glorious even even the worst poutine you find is a delicious poutine mm. um but for some reason this idea of like decorating your french fries is not popular in the states so it's wow. very difficult to find poutine and, see, and you and, and it's just weird because you assume they would have it and i just remember many times they don't like and it's really a canadian thing and never you know, and I don't, I don't think like the average Canadian kid realizes that, like that this is actually a Canadian thing that you're eating because you can go to Burger King and have a poutine instead of fries. Wow. You know, and you can't when you go to Burger King in the states, it's not an option. 
So Canada has that, this cultural thing where we decorate our fries with like, even our, we have Taco Bell and we'll put like, you know, well, instead of just, just the same way you can decorate your nachos, we can decorate our French fries. Go back to the States because I, I lived in LA part-time. They don't have any of this. They just look at, look at you funny as if, and I'm like, you guys would love this. I don't understand how somebody hasn't become a bazillionaire selling poutine in America. That's crazy, man. Like yeah. it kind of reminds me uh, of a place here in Sydney. It's the first ever peanut butter bar. It's one mm -hmm. of my all-time favorite places if you're a fan of peanut butter. But okay. it's literally she puts it on literally everything, all the food. So and she makes the peanut butter herself, which is wow. even better. Like it's insane. And she has this menu item, one of my favorite menu items. She puts chips or fries, and then you have bacon, cheese, and then get this. You lather it with peanut butter. And I kid you not, man, it works. Like it is so damn good. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to try that. I think the last time I was in Australia was like 2019 maybe. I think it was in Melbourne. I was, I was in Melbourne. And so I think for me, like it was pie face. That was oh, pie going. face. Yep, yep. Yeah, pie face was the spot, but. That 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 sounds funky because as I said, as I described poutine to you, it doesn't, it, it works even in your head. It works. It's like gravy, fries, cheese. That sounds ignorantly delicious, and it is. Peanut butter on top of all that. That I'd have to try it to, to believe it. Well, definitely, man. Like, let me know when you do come here. We'll connect uh, on me, my treat. But I appreciate. Trust, it. trust me, man. Is it the best thing you'll you'll try? here in Sydney. <laughs> That's my opinion. But um, anyway, brother, I have one final question for you. This is my all time favorite question I ask everyone at the end. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Um, it's an interesting question. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not very big on legacy at all. I want to, you know, I want to I enjoy the things that I'm, I'm meant to enjoy. And, and that's it. But um, what, what was the last part of the question? What was the actual, what, what do, what you, do you, want you want to see in that video or what do you want it to say? What do you want it to say and to show about your life? That this guy squeezed out his potential. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there, there was no, there was nothing left in the ring. Like this guy, this guy squeezed it all out. He, you know, he, he, he made it to a hundred with every bruise cut, you know, he, he, he's used up. I'm used up. I am used up. Well, I am, you know, I am not in mint condition. I am gone through the ringer in every capacity. And I have no, I have no questions or curiosity of what could have been, what if, um, you know, that, that's probably, I, 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 in no way, shape or form did this guy sell himself short. And I think, uh, you know, that would be a nice simplified answer to that. He gave it all, left nothing. I love it. Um, 
Perfect send-off message, man. Where can people find you, connect with you, buy your books, you, you learn more about your work, everything that you're doing? Um, Humblethepoet.com shows everything. Uh, I just recently launched my own podcast. Um, and so, you know, there's a podcast page up on there as well. You can check that out and make clothes, books, music, films. So I just try to bring ideas to life. Um, Instagram, at Humblethepoet. Twitter at Humble the Poet. Um, wherever you listen to music, just type in Humble the Poet. Um, uh, I'm everywhere doing everything. It's just, and I don't know how it happened, but it's happening. Somebody continually validates me to keep going, so uh, I'll keep doing it. Love it, man. Humble the Poet, thank you so much for your time today, man, and for sharing your stories on the Storybox podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.